This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. If you haven't picked up on the theme of the last few uh, episodes, uh, there is an election coming up on May 24th. Today, we're going to talk about dark horses and unicorns and what they have to do with the oil and gas industry. That's next on today's episode of The Crude Truth. In 1901, at Spindletop Hill near Beaumont, the future of Texas changed dramatically as, like a fountain of fortune, thousands of barrels of oil burst from the earth towards the sky. Soon, Detroit would be cranking out Model Ts by the millions, and America was on the move, thanks to the black gold being produced in Texas. Now, more than a century later, the vehicles are different, but nothing else has truly changed. Sure, there may be many other alternative energy sources like wind and solar and electric. But let's be honest, America depends on oil and entrepreneurs. And if the USA is truly gonna be independent, it has to know the crude truth. Well, my guest today is one that has come on very strong, um, Sarah Stogner. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. Thanks for thanks for being on the Crude Truth. Uh, for all the for all of y'all that don't don't already know, we have a very important runoff election here on May 24th. That is next Tuesday. Early voting's going on right now, and if you haven't figured out the theme of my last couple of shows, we've had on some great candidates, and I got on another one today. Sarah, thank you so much again. You have been burning up that campaign trail. How are you doing out there? Good. Yeah, no, I mean, I've put mm, 27,000 miles on my expedition since January, traversing across this big, beautiful state of ours, and uh, I'm feeling good. You know, we've we, uh, I didn't accept campaign contributions in the beginning, and I had a friend come to me a couple weeks ago and say, hey, you need to get your ego out of the way, and I'm not in the industry. You can take this money. You're not going to be regulating me, and we can go buy ads, and we can get your word out there because, unfortunately, in the state of Texas and runoffs and primaries, that's what it takes is you've got a, not very many people that actually show up to vote, and uh, my opponent's out there telling some pretty ridiculous lies about me. So we've got to counter it and hope that people can see past it and just go show up and vote. Well, uh, you know, that that's one reason I have you on today. I definitely want to do the same and get, get people out there. And even to the Democrats that watch the show, if they didn't vote in the a couple of months back, they can go vote uh, for a Republican this time around. So 
uh, have them come on out and vote either way. Sarah, so tell us, you're an oil and gas lawyer, and you've been doing that for how long? Yep, I graduated from LSU Law School in 2014, or no, 20, 2008, so I guess, what is that, 14 years, um, and have been representing operators, midstream companies, service companies in risk allocation, so master service agreements, consulting agreements, and then my favorite is suing insurance companies when they refuse to pay a valid claim, so I learned most of my technical knowledge from sitting in conference rooms with petroleum engineers and geologists and petrophysicists learning about reservoirs and helping to prepare for litigation for really complex blowouts and uh, moved out onto a cattle ranch last summer that had some issues and realized that we've got problems at the very highest levels of government and I love this industry and I want to make sure that we have a viable oil and gas industry and that um, we don't have bureaucrats that are really just screwing it up for the good guys. Well I know uh, what, what you've been able to do uh you know, I see you've got your uh, unicorn there in the background, and uh, I, and I know I've seen your ads where you've got the unicorn on your hard hat, uh, but you are coming on. I mean, uh, you could be the uh, rich strike of, of this deal. Uh, you've come on very strong here in the last few weeks. Um, you've picked up a lot of momentum. So I don't even know if Dark Horse is really it really going to be something. I think this is going to be a real, uh, probably a close election here coming up of very very excited for you so tell us when you're not doing law or um, granted twenty-seven thousand miles since january that is a lot of, of time on the road. So <laughs> i understand but you know let, uh, what do you do when you're not doing all this you know what uh, other than practicing law obviously on your uh, campaign ads we see you have a young daughter i'm sure y'all like to hang out yeah we do what do i do for fun wow well um it's been a while since I've had some downtime for fun, but I, I'm a pilot. I have my pilot's license. Uh, I like scuba diving, fishing. I'm a big outdoors person, so hunting and fishing and all that. Good old Southern girl. Well, there ain't nothing wrong with that. And I know uh, any Texan uh, watching or listening to this today uh, definitely can relate to hunting and fishing and being outdoors. It's We're right there. We're, we're obviously hitting that summertime uh, heat, but hey, it's okay. It's, it, it's what we're doing right now in Texas. So tell me, you know, um, Texas, we are a powerhouse in the oil and gas industry. Um, how do you feel with us? Because right now the price of the West Texas Intermediate is basically the same price as Brent. Uh, I know it surpassed Brent the other day. And I said, has, I, I didn't know that that had ever happened. Apparently it has in the past. In my recent memory, I couldn't remember it happening. So, yeah, it's exciting times. Well, I mean, with with you, uh, you know, let, let's ask you. I'll ask you this: when um, let's uh, when you when you get elected, we'll be positive thinkers. When you get elected, you know, what would be your day one thing that you'd like to accomplish? I mean, the first thing I'm going to do is go in and TikTok live and show everyone the office, right? Apparently, this one has a has a shower in its bathroom because some guy back way when was you know needed to take showers. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it's going to be fun. Um, to bring some transparency. And I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation with all the subject matter experts that I'm friends with that I've developed professional working relationships with over the past 14 years mm -hmm. and um, really get in there and figure out what's going on because it's almost like this cloak of mystery. And you know, I know that we've got some issues, but once I get in there and can really see what's happening, I'm excited about bragging about the good guys and holding the bad ones accountable. Wow, I like that. The cloak of mystery. Um, you are you are ready to go in there uh, and just uh, take charge. I like it. Sarah, um, 
for the small independents out there, you know, um, I'm sure you're, um, you know, you're on the campaign trail and I'm sure you're talking to a bunch of them. You know, what's a message to some of the ones that you haven't been able to talk to yet uh, for the small independents out there, just like mine at Pecos Country Energy? Yeah, like I want to help you guys um, be able to compete fairly against the, the, the bigger ones that are basically paying to play. And it's infuriating, right? Because I've represented small operators that try to do the right thing and they go above and beyond and they try not to be jerks with their contracts and they still believe in a handshake and they still believe in doing the right thing because it's the right thing, even when it costs a little bit more money. And so I'm really looking forward to learning what the current pinch points are for those smaller operators with the the commission that we have. Um, from those that I've talked to so far, they're really frustrated with the data, the fact that they're having to buy these really expensive subscriptions to get data that the Railroad Commission should have and should be available to the public. Um, you know, making sure that they're not held to more stringent standards than the other people that are essentially buying their way into permits. Um, and again, I need to learn more, right? So if, if you guys have things that are bothering you, how can I help uh, facilitate those conversations and make sure that we're protecting the environment, but also able to explore for and produce oil and natural gas because we are, we power the world, right? And if Texas were a standalone country, we would be the third largest oil and gas producing country in the world. That's a big responsibility and I think we're more important than ever, as we've seen right with this, this Russia and the Ukraine crisis, of we need to be making 100,000 year policy decisions to um, make sure that we remain energy independent. And I'm tired of the political rhetoric getting in the way. So I, I need to learn from those small operators, but that's where I'd like to start. Well, I tell you what, uh, to all my small operators out there, definitely, obviously, she just opened it up saying, hey, if you, she wants to know what she can do to help. So that that's great to hear, Sarah. Um, you also and I don't want their money. Oh, right? I won't, and I won't take their money. So oh. it's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, you know, uh, if we become uh, a Texas Railroad Commissioner, uh, you, you would, yeah, you would just be able to listen and, and talk and maybe even have a cup of coffee, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned that we're such, you know, we have such a large uh, deal right now with, with oil here in Texas. And it's not right now. It's been that way. You know, it's a third of our economy. Uh, and with a uh, liquid natural gas, uh, how how is it that you can help get that over across to um, Europe? I mean, we we have it. We're exporting it. You know, how can you see uh, facilitating getting that done? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, our, we're at capacity with our export terminals, right? Yeah. So we need to be making sure that we are expanding our export capabilities, that we're working, I think, with other U.S. states. Um, I, I saw some really interesting numbers the other day from an EQT report where, you know, it's the really good narrative of if we really want to have an impact on the climate, then we should be using natural gas. It's using replacing the coal in China, for example, with U.S. natural gas. I don't remember the numbers, but it was astounding. It was like tens of thousands of windmills, tens of thousands of car of you know getting uh, traditional ICE vehicles off the road for electric. If and all of that comes from not getting rid of hydrocarbons, just switching from coal to natural gas. So that's a huge opportunity right there that um, we need to exploit, but we can't because our terminals are at capacity. So, um, and unfortunately you've got federal permitting that gets in the way 
And if, if we really wanted to be smart, we could fix our refineries so that we weren't so reliant on a mixture of crude that we could use some of our own and not have to blend it. So I think we've got some real opportunities that it's just going to take some intellectual honesty to say, okay, we see these opportunities. What are we going to do to facilitate them? I have jurisdiction over a lot of it, but I can certainly come in and say, from the intrastate pipeline, oil and gas well perspective, surface mining perspective, right? Here's where, here's what I have control over and here's what we need to be doing. And we certainly need to be increasing our natural gas export capability because natural gas is going to power the world for at least the next 30 to 50 years. I definitely agree with that on natural gas. Um, there was a documentary that came out, uh, and this is just more uh, fuel to add to the case on liquid natural gas being better for, for the world and the environment. Uh, it was a documentary called Spoiled, uh, lowercase sp, capital O-I-L, lowercase e-d, and it talked about all the good things that the oil and gas industry have done, and they reference uh, the Dominican Republic and Haiti. They're both on the same island. And in the late 1950s, the Dominican Republic, and I'm not for nationalizing anything, okay, but the, they nationalized natural gas for their heating and their cooking. Um, so, you know, all the stoves were natural gas. And when you go look, Dominican Republic is one of the best destination, you know, vacation destinations there is. And, and I'm not going to say the best, but it's a one that people go to a yeah. lot. And then right next door is Haiti that I mean and you look at a geographical map Dominican Republic is green and beautiful and Haiti is almost just uh you know brown and treeless so no liquid natural gas I do believe in when we drill a well you know we do our best to have nothing but the uh old Derek pumping and if we can have green grass back growing around it it's a lot better looking than those wind turbines that are um that are up all over the place. So no, um, liquid natural gas, I do agree. I think it's, it's going to definitely be something in um, moving forward. And in fact, with what we do at Pecos Country Operating and Pecos Country Energy, we've really started to focus on natural gas and liquid natural gas and all, all the condensate, you know, all of it, because we do think that is going to continue to grow um, not to mention natural gas is us uh, trading, you know, much higher than anybody expected to be doing. So it's an awesome time right now. And right. All right, Sarah. So tell me, Sarah, you know, obviously we've shut down the Keystone uh, uh, pipeline and we didn't do it. Uh, president Biden and I, I he's a president. So I, I give him that respect that he is the president. And he did that on day one. You know, you become a Texas Railroad Commissioner. How can you convey how important these pipelines are? Yeah, so the good thing about the Railroad Commission is that they have jurisdiction over intrastate pipelines. So if a pipeline starts and stops in the state of Texas, the Railroad Commission has jurisdiction over it. Um, I think we can be doing some really neat things, and we're already starting to see it, to eliminate uh, you know, essentially stranded gas. And while we're waiting on pipelines and flow lines to come in, we're seeing people using generators to generate natural, to use the natural gas on site to co-locate generation for other drilling activities, for mining crypto, for um, powering greenhouses, right? I mean, we can do anything with this power if we're smart about making sure that it doesn't get stranded. And so I think that um, one goal that I have, again, is to try to figure out where are these pinch points that in the regulations that are preventing 
people from investing in infrastructure. And obviously part of it is we've had historically volatile pricing and right, like when you've got mixed messaging from the feds, no one wants to invest in long-term infrastructure if they're gonna shut down our industry, right? So I think we're finally at a tipping point where the left has realized that ceasing oil and gas production is not realistic in the next 30 to 50 years and that it's not energy transition it's energy expansion so let's make sure that as this as these new wells come online that we're able to get that gas to market and or use it in a way that's economically beneficial and not wasteful so uh, to hear that you're going to go in there and, and fight to uh, you know deregulate is, is obviously something that would be excellent for us here Sarah, I know that you are rocketing, rolling, and you're just staying super busy. So I have to ask you, and it's my hook line question, you know, Sarah, give me the crude truth. You know, why do you want to be the next Texas Railroad Commissioner? Uh, I don't. I don't want to take a pay cut and move to Austin. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think um, when you're called to do something and sometimes you have enough information that you can't unknow things, you can't unsee things. And um I have that and I'm in a unique position you know I'd call myself the unicorn because nothing's impossible if we put our minds to it and we have the right education and the right experience and we're in the right place at the right time we can do anything we just got to put our our brains to it and get our boots on the ground and get to work and so uh, I would be honored if people would vote it's it's so critical that people show up we're expecting a really low turnout and um I've got a I've got a, my tribe out there that is supporting me and I really want to keep our Texas oil field strong. And if we don't take care of it internally, I've, I've made the reference several times to the mafia. It's like we've, we're a family and we've got, some bad, we've got some bad soldiers who are out of line. And those good soldiers need to be able to call out the bad soldiers and hold them accountable. And so I, I've also said, you know, I'm the medicine. Like here I am. Let's, I'm in the medicine. You're going to take your medicine. It's going to be a little bit painful. It's not going to be fun. But together, we're going to come out stronger, healthier, better on the other side together. Okay. Well, um, again, you know, you're asking people to get out and vote, and so am I. And uh, early voting's going on right now. And next Tuesday, May 24th, is big election day. So um, I just want to do nothing but wish you nothing but uh, success and good luck in the rest of this race. And uh, hopefully here I I can follow up with you and uh, see how everything's going here after next week. Um, That's it for this show. Sarah, thank you so much for being here, and, and thank you for carving out some time today. And uh, we'll be here next time on The Crude Truth. The easiest way to start your own podcast and TV show? Real News Communications Network. Stand out from your competition. Produce streams of high-quality social media content. Become a thought leader in your industry. With RNCN, you get to be the host. We handle everything else. Tour one of our three locations in Dallas, Fort Worth, and the Colony. Call 972-402-6333 or visit launchashow.com to find out more. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.